Welcome to the Home Team Podcast. Welcome to the Home Team Sacramento Podcast. I'm Josh Takimoto, and today we have former San Juan High School basketball coach, current track coach, and current athletic director, Coach Fred Bryant. What's going on, Coach? Not much, man. Happy to be here. Appreciate you. Man, I appreciate you uh, sticking with me after that. <laughs> I, just, I just completely fumbled the first intro. We had to re record. In my five years of podcasting, I think I've done that twice, and it's been like years since I've done that. So, man, I don't know what the deal is, but I can tell it's going to be a good conversation because you laughed with me. and. I'm looking forward to this conversation. <laughs> so, um, I just want to let people know um, before we before I start asking you some questions. Uh, you came highly regarded, and I think that's important for people to know because I've said this before to people uh, personally and privately. Um, when Kevin Bracy recommends someone to me, whether it's for this podcast, whether it's for things outside this podcast, whether it's someone I just need to be get, get connected with, um, I've always told people I, I take that with. Um, like the, it's like the utmost respect from Kevin when he recommends someone. And so when he says that, I'm like, okay, I need to connect to this person, like he says. And it's not by accident that he's saying get connected. So um, we, we were having a conversation a few weeks ago. And he's like, hey, I got a guy, Coach Fred Bryant. And I, immediately I remembered your name from Character Combine. I remember you were a huge supporter of us on the social media and all that. Um, and so, man, I'm just glad that you were willing to take some time out of your busy schedule to to chat with me. Um, and and like I mentioned on our last podcast didn't even do this on purpose but last week i was talking to uh nanik tagore and it just i was doing some research on him about three hours before the podcast i'm like i didn't even make that connection that i've coached fred on the next week and man i don't know if you had a chance to listen to the episode but he had nothing but good things to say about you i i did uh nanik is a phenomenal young man as we as we spoke about uh yeah Again, our story goes back to uh, him in the seventh grade. Uh, <laughs> I have a picture and I always show it, right? Even with him, uh, when he came into me, scrawny, scrawny kid, headband, uh, just was, you know, not necessarily green, but, <clears throat> you know, basketball skills were just kind of, you know, he was trying to fill it out. You know what I'm saying? Love basketball, love the game. Um, and then, you know, as he was with me in high school, his picture, here he is standing next to me. He's taller, he's bigger, he's thicker, you know what I'm saying? Um, and just just to see this young man's growth, right? Uh, I've coached a lot of individuals, um, a lot of young men that have been extraordinary young men. Um, Nanik has, has uh, definitely... I, I went out on him. Let, let's just put it like that, right? Like so I, I said, you know, I'm not coaching basketball uh, currently. Uh, he was the last one for me. You, you know what I'm saying? Like, sure. yeah. Um, he, he was the one that I was very attached to. I was attached to, you know, my previous players. He was the one where it was like we spent so much time together where I was like, you know what? I'm going to go out on this guy and, uh, you know, won a league championship, went to playoffs and, you know, did, you know, certain things. And, you know, I, you know, as it is, you went, I, I went out on top. Uh, yeah. Although I, I plan to get back in at some point, but nah, man, Nan is a great human being. I, I, I'll leave the basketball part. We can talk about later, but just a great human being. Yeah, man, a hundred percent. And just in the one conversation that him and I had, obviously we followed each other on social media for a minute, but the conversation on the podcast, um, and I, and I texted you this as well, just wise beyond his years. Yeah. Uh, way more mature than than his age, and it, it's it's cool to see someone his age want to connect with student athletes, right? Because like when I started getting with Character Combine, I was out of I was out of college at that point, so I was a little bit older, and I had a desire to reach out to you know student athletes, but I was a little bit older, you know what I mean? He's yeah. I mean fresh out of high school basically, and still has that desire to connect with basically his peers at this yeah. point, and and kind of drop some knowledge for them so that they can become better and. Uh, it's a, it's a really cool thing that he's doing. So I, I wish him nothing but the best with both his basketball playing career and 
and the podcast, but, um, it was cool to make that connection and have you guys on back to back weeks because, um, and, and here you guys, the amount of respect that you guys have for each other is pretty cool. And that's what hopefully any coach that's listening to this, an athlete that's listening to this, like, this is how it should be that coach athlete relationship, that, that level of respect, um, and that level of, you know, belief. Because, I mean, there's a lot of coaches that unfortunately, there's a lot of great coaches. All the ones who listen to this podcast are great, but unfortunately we've come across coaches. I'm sure you have where they don't, you can tell they don't believe in their athletes. They may say one thing, but you can just, an athlete can tell it's like, oh, this dude doesn't believe in me. And it's, it's hard to compete for someone like that when you, when you know that about them. So the fact that you can tell that Nanik without a shadow of a doubt knew that you were down to fight for him, no matter what it took, you know, he told a story about you driving him down to the, the, the showcase, all of that. And yeah. so it's cool, man. It's a, it's a, it was a cool thing to hear. And, and never have I heard two stories back to back like that so closely. Um, you know, fit so perfectly. So, you know, I was even more excited to have you on this podcast once I, once I had the conversation with him. Right on. Yeah, man. So, um, all that being said, uh, tell me a little bit about your, your athletic and coaching background. Where'd you grow up? How'd you come over? How'd you come out to the Sacramento area? And then how'd you get to where you are today? Uh, long story, but I'll try to make it short as possible. Uh, Florida born, uh, Louisiana raised, um, High school, uh, my, I'll put it like this, uh, freshman year, uh, started varsity, averaged 12 points a game, uh, sophomore year, averaged 22, uh, junior year, averaged 30. And then my senior year, I was averaging 35. Uh, I was the second leading scorer in the state, uh, behind, uh, oh my gosh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank right now. Uh, he ended up playing for LSU. Uh, at one point, I'm and I'm drawing a blank. No, I'm sorry. He played at Maryland. Okay. Uh, Mouton. Mouton was his last name. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and at that time, as I was a senior averaging that much, he was averaging more. and He was only a junior. Uh, phenomenal. Uh, so, I was highly taunted as a, as a scorer in high school. Uh, got to college. Uh, I came in 6'3". Uh, 155. I was super skinny. I was called like a praying mantis. Uh, <laughs> got to college, got to Old Dominion University, which, you know, at the time, D1. Um, our girls will recognize a lot more. Uh, if anything, if anybody knows basketball wise, uh, we had Sacramento Monarchs here, Tisha Penichero, Tanti Maga, and which those, that's who I went to school with. Uh, Tisha's, uh, you know, was really prominent at that time. And yeah. then her being here was really huge. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think she's a sports agent down in, uh, in, in South Florida at this point. Um, so went to ODU uh, freshman year, we went to the NCAA tournament. I had great, great teammates. I had guys like Odell Hodge. I had Joe, uh, Joe Bunn, Mario Mullen, uh, my under, I was an understudy behind, um, Breon Dunlap, Mike Byers. Uh, I, I, I can name a lot, uh, going to the NCAA tournament, uh, my freshman year was, was mind blowing, right. To get into the arena and thousands of people there watching you practice. And, you know, our practice wasn't a practice. It was, you know, you go out there, you dunk, you run through this, you do three man weave, you know. Just it's just fun, right? Sure. People knew who you were, right? Um, and then we didn't have a not so great sophomore year, junior year. We were really good. Uh, my junior year, uh, I shot pretty well. My junior year, uh, went to the NIT, beat Seton Hall, uh, went to Butler, played in um, uh, Hinkle Field House where they filmed Hoosiers. Wow. And uh, we got blasted. I'll say that. I'll be honest with that. Butler was really good at that point. Um, and then uh, just fulfilled my, my my senior year at ODU, graduated, which is I, I talk about more um, whenever I'm talking about my collegiate athletic uh, years, right? Sure. I think graduating was the most important part um, because as an athlete, you have so many demands, right? You are uh, supposed to work out, practice, go to class, go to study hall, make sure you eat, you know, make sure you're doing things the right way. Uh, so I, I try to speak about that more than I talk about 
how, you know, when we traveled and went here, when we went to Hawaii, when we went to Puerto Rico, I try to talk about the the, the aspect of graduating from college. I, I, I think that uh, surpasses anything. You're always going to have the memories of the basketball piece, but uh, getting your degree, finishing that, completing. Uh, I speak about that with my students now. High school is about completion. College is about completion. People want to know what it is that you can do and if you can do it to your best ability. So uh, that's 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 my uh, athletic piece. Yeah, just uh, uh, Florida born, Louisiana raised. Uh, Virginia was uh, was my baby girl. Uh, and then I came out to California. My best friend was here. Uh, I moved out here in 2004. Uh, his wife worked for the Kings at the time. The Maloofs were the, the owners. Sure. And um, I came out and visited, man. And I just fell in love with California weather. Yeah. You know, it's the sure. south. And it's, it's humid. You know what I'm saying? So I came out <laughs> to Cali like, oh, man, this is beautiful. So I've been out here since 2004. Awesome. Man, I have so many questions based off of what you just said, but I want to, I want to ask this one before I forget. So you said Florida, Louisiana, Virginia, California. So uh, four different States, very different um, ways of life, very different ways of doing things, obviously very different personalities in those different places. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, they're still student athletes, but you know, so do you think bouncing kind of from different places, experiencing those different places, has that been a benefit to you as far as your coaching and how you relate with people? Because I imagine that it gives you this even greater understanding understanding of human beings because you've been around so many different types of people throughout your travels and obviously all your teammates as you've been playing ball all these years and the different personalities. Like how much of a how much of a benefit is that to you as a coach coaching high schoolers? Man, uh that's that's a great question. And actually you answered all of it right there, right? Like just within the question, right? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, just multiple uh, cultures, uh, multiple regions, uh, multiple personalities, right? Um, when, when, when I graduated from Old Dominion, I went back home uh, for, you know, a couple of years and then I got into coaching and actually I coached for, I was assistant coach for uh, a coach that actually recruited me from uh, Southeastern Louisiana, uh, Ronald Cox, uh, great Great man. Uh, and let me let me add this, um, because I always want to be mindful of I always want to make sure I'm paying homage to the people that have been instrumental. Right. Uh, I haven't had a bad coach. I, 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 I say that and it's like, nah, you had to have one or whatever. Nah, I haven't had a bad coach. So any coach that had, I have interacted with has been somebody that's been super instrumental in 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 the foundation that I've I've laid as far as what what it is that I do. So to answer your question as far as uh how did that uh play a part? It played a huge part. Um my my college coach, coach Jeff Capel, um Jeff Capel senior, uh he's passed away. Uh and if you don't know for people that don't know uh his son uh Jeff Capel uh, actually played for Duke, and then he had Jason Cable, who played for North Carolina. I used to be around those guys. Uh, Coach Cable is the one that actually put me into coaching. Um, when I was close to finishing at Old Dominion, um, my senior year, and I was recruited as a two-guard, but by my senior year, I was playing combo. And I remember being in the locker room, and Coach Cable, at halftime, he would do his speech. The assistant coaches would do their speeches, whatever. And he would always say, hey, Fred, what do you see? And I was just like, you know, I was mesmerized at, you know, at that the first time. But then it really garnered me to really focus in on the game itself. And I remember him pulling me in uh, toward the end of my senior year. And he said, hey, look, man, you can play basketball for the rest of your life until you're done. Uh, but you need to impact lives a little bit more than what you think you can do. And that's the person that really put me in. Uh, so I, I've benefited from everybody, every coach, uh, the coaches in Sacramento that I've coached against, 
uh, I can name I can name a lot. Right. Uh, Patrick uh, Pavlicek, Dennis Weaver, uh, Fletcher Johnson, you know, uh, Denar Wilson, Fred, you know, you, it's 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 so many. It's so many people that have uh, uh, moved me into a direction where I am today. Man, I love that. I love the fact that you you can you can sit here and say to everybody that's listening that you've never had a bad coach. I mean, that's that's why we do this here is that we want to inspire and kind of add some value to what coaches are doing. And if we can get to a place where every athlete never has a bad coach, like I mean, there's nothing better than that because, and I'm sure you've seen it, not personally, you know, for yourself as an athlete, but how many times do you hear these stories of an athlete who stops playing a sport completely because they have one bad experience with one bad coach that had no business being a coach? And then that derails their entire interest in the sport. And sometimes it derails even more than that, you know, because they lose belief in themselves all because of a coach that, you know, wasn't really fit to be a coach. But then you have, you know, these other people that have all these amazing experiences of, of men and women who are born into their lives. And we always say like, anytime you talk about, um, anytime someone comes on the show to talk about a coach, we say, Hey, who was a coach that really stood out to you? Who, who impacted your life and why it's, it's never, it's not once has it been, well, I remember they, they drew up this play. In the championship game and we hit a, a you know a buzzer beater at the end to win the game it's, ne it's never x's and o's it's never strategy it's always hey i my family was, my family was going through it and this coach was the first one to reach out i had a my my parent passed away i mean it's always stuff like that and that's like man i wish more of the coaches that the coaches that don't get it i wish they would get it because you know unfortunately the the impact they're having they're still having an impact just in the opposite direction and you know, hopefully, any coach that hears us that is doing the the right thing and, and doing coaching in a positive way understands how important you know the job you guys are doing because I mean the trickle down effect is is tremendous. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought it was uh, <clears throat> excuse me. It's interesting too, and I don't know if you have an answer for this. This was not one of the questions I sent you, but we've had a couple of different basketball players and basketball coaches on the show. Uh, we had Matt Johnson from from Sac High. We've had. Um, uh, coach um uh jt over at uh, kennedy and uh it's interesting because i feel like all three of you guys have said something very similar and it's there it's a moment with a coach that's like hey you need to impact lives you need to do something greater i, I don't know what it is i know that other coaches in other sports do something similar but there seems to be this weird like common thread throughout basketball do you have any idea why that might be i mean is it a smaller smaller team i don't know that, that's a great question, and uh, and and uh, I'm feeling like I'm really stunted uh, uh, by it, right? But I think at the at the the base of it all, uh, in all honesty, right? Sports, life, life, sports, all the same. So when we're talking about impacting, right? Yes, we're teaching the game. We're trying to get them to. Uh, be at their best potential. And I hate to use the word potential, right? That's overused, right? Everybody has potential. But when, when we're trying to get you to execute at a high rate, that's actually what life's about, right? Anything yeah. that you do in life is supposed to be executed at a high rate. It coincides. So when we're talking about impacting young people, all we're trying to do is to get them to get to the highest point of their lives and it's only channeled through sports that's the impact that's good i, I i'm i'm thinking i shouldn't even do this podcast anymore like you should just take over this podcast for me coach this is great i love this man i appreciate you yeah man no that's um that's awesome what i wanted to ask you this too again kind of going off the like i told you uh you know the questions i sent you're kind of a loose guideline but then the things that you say kind of inspires me to go a different direction one of the questions that I've I've asked quite a bit on this podcast that I forgot to send you, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but you mentioned other coaches that you've coached against and how mm -hmm. they've, you know, they've impacted you even as as competitors. And that's kind of our tagline for this podcast, home team. It's like we might wear different uniforms, we might compete um against all these teams. We want to beat the other team. We're all competitive. We want to win. But at the end of the day, when you have coaches and athletes that are trying to make their communities better, trying to make their schools better, trying to make their families and their their uh, peers better like we're all we have the same mission we're just you know we're doing it in the in the form of competition so the, all that being said if you had to pick maybe just one or two coaches that when you were coaching basketball let's, say, let's just take basketball for example you were coaching 
and you knew that they were going to bring their very best. They were going to have their athletes prepared and that you had to bring your very best to that, to that game because you knew they were going to bring it out of you. Who's one coach that you just have the utmost respect for and you love competing against? Oh, man. Eric Wallenberg. He was ready. Wallenberg, man. <laughs> Uh, I, I'll give I'll give you the story, man. I, I Eric Wallenberg. He was coaching at San Juan. I was at Encina at that time. Okay. Man, we 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 battled in the same league. We were in the uh, GEL at that time, right? Golden Empire League. And I just couldn't beat this guy. I just we we couldn't beat him. We could, you know, we couldn't thread the needle. It was none of that, man. And I just remember, uh, I I don't remember the date. Dates kind of blur for me, right? Um, we ended up winning, man. And I was just like super like happy and joyous and celebrating with the team. And I just remember Eric came to me after the game and he said, coach, man, you reached the pinnacle. You're here now. It's time for you to do what you need to do and take over. (laughs) And wow. Things changed. Eric Wallenberg. Yeah. I, I love I love that you had that answer ready as soon as I asked that question because sometimes I've asked that question and they're like man I gotta really think or they're you know they they don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and and not choose someone else but the fact that you were ready to go uh, was awesome that shows that was a true genuine answer so I appreciate that I also want to point out it's funny that you said uh, the days blur because uh, last week Nanik <laughs> said he's like he's like yeah Coach Fred says uh, and he'll probably say the dates blur it's like he's one hundred percent right you just said that. Yeah. Hey man, if you're listening on it, good call, man. You nailed it. Um, that being said, I want to make sure I ask his question. So the question, yeah, obviously you, you listened last week, but his question was uh favorite favorite coaching moment. What's your what's the highlight of the the pinnacle of your of your coaching career? Obviously, you just mentioned one that was a huge, huge moment for you against Wallenberg, but uh it, besides that one, you have a you have a, a favorite coaching moment? Hey, so I heard I I listened to his podcast last last night. He sent it to me. And so anyway, him and I were texting back and forth. And so I saw that as far as one of his questions, I was like, this guy, man, he's really trying to do it. And I still couldn't like come up with anything, right? Because uh, at the end of the day, <clears throat> I can't put one thing over the other. Yeah. I mean, like I, I really sat back and I thought with it, um, just thinking about, the years, man, I've had some beautiful moments with all my kids and all of them have special moments. There was all highlights. Uh, but if I really want to boil it down, if I boil it down, I say the coaching highlight for me, it's just the time with the kids. There's, yeah. there, there, there's no, there's no last second shot. I mean, there's been plenty, right? Sure. There's no, League championship, uh, I've been to Arco, you know what I mean? Where we none of that, none of that matters to me. Right? It's just my time with the kids, man. It's just those those moments where we're eating at, you know, McDonald's. We stopped on the bus, we ate at McDonald's, or I'm taking somebody home, the mini rides that I've gave kids home, uh, having those conversations. Those are the moments. There's Basketball has nothing else to do with anything for me. So I can't, I, I, I can't, I can't choose anything. All right. I, I appreciate that answer. Nice try, Nonic. He was probably, I wasn't sure if he was fishing for, a, you know, an answer like, hey, when you won that league title, you know, where he, he was leading me. the team. <laughs> he knows me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, let me ask you this because you're obviously, you're on campus, you're an on campus coach, right? And so, um, we've had this conversation quite a bit over the years where, and I think it's pretty well stated at this point for, from multiple sources that if you have the opportunity to be an on-campus coach, uh, I mean, it really multiplies the amount of impact you can have because it's not like they can just see you at practice and then just mess around on, on campus during the day and then just meet you at practice again. You're always around them. And as a coach during season, you're around them a lot anyways. But if they can't escape your influence when they're like going from class to class, it's like, dang, there's Coach Fred again. Like, I can't escape this dude. Like, that's a that's a huge, huge benefit. So, was was that something that you felt was important? Did you always envision that to be the case when you wanted to coach, or did that just kind of happen, you know, um, by chance? It it kind of happened. Um, I've been 
since I've been at, uh, since I got into California, two thousand four, uh, I was at a scene. I was doing conflict mediation, uh, as well as uh, I was the JV JV head coach, and then I was assistant to uh, Brian Mitchell at that time. And um, I just knew being on campus, it just weighed more. Um, and I was around a principal, Myrtle Berry, who was just like very visible. She was at everything, every game, every dance, every. And she always said to make sure that people see you, not that you have to be heard. Just make sure that your kids see you. The more that you they see you, the more that they see you are invested in what it is that they're doing. Uh, so that catapulted me as far as like being on campus, things of that nature. Uh, I've been blessed to have great, great, great. And I'm going to say this again, great assistant coaches. Right. And I had assistant coaches that were older than me that always had the old school tradition. And I'll say this. I remember. Uh, the year that I was at Encina where we were really good and we, you know, we we made it to the section championship. Uh, and I remember we were about to head to an away game and we had uh, matching track suits. And I remember we we were about to load the bus and one of the players pants were sagging. And I just remember we was like, oh, the pants were sagging. We'll see you when we get back. And we left them. And so that was like, you know, and again, you know, I had like these coaches that were like strictly old school tradition, like, nah, this is not how we represent. Yeah. So time that we're on campus any if we're on the road if we're so this is a privilege so the pay the, the fact that you got your pass sagging there's no need for you to go to the game with us and we left them wow yeah i mean i, I want i want to say that's awesome i mean from my perspective that's awesome <clears throat> because i think my wife's a my wife's a, t a high school teacher and um i'm not gonna say where she where she <laughs> I, can, I can tell you off air but i'm not gonna say where she um, teaches but you know, over her, her years of teaching, I'll hear stories where sometimes it feels like coaches, some coaches aren't involved unless something happens where they need to be involved. Otherwise, I don't want to say they turn a blind eye to it, but they kind of, they kind of turn a blind eye to it. Um, and so the fact that you guys are involved to that point where it's like, Hey, we have a certain standard. You got to meet that standard. Otherwise it doesn't matter how good you are. You're not coming on this trip. Um, I'm sure I'm sure any teacher that's listening to this appreciates that kind of standard that coaches hold their athletes to because it, it translates to the to the classroom too. Um so I love man I love hearing that that you guys, you know, had the standard and you held to it cuz some people would be like, well, you know, don't do it again. It's like no, like we've gone over this enough. You know, you know what what standard we hold, so no, it's not not going to happen. So that's that's awesome, man. I, I love that story. Yeah, thank you. I'm sure I'm sure it never happened again, right? No, 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 yeah. no. And the biggest part of that was the team was laughing at him. Ah, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, as you're so, driving away out the window. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You, you got to think, like, at some point, and in, in, in the way that it registers for a lot of people, and, and you know, for us, right? Um, the embarrassment piece, right? Like, yeah. you, you want people making fun of you about this, that, and the other. And we're, and we're not talking about shameful stuff, right? We're sure. talking, just talking about just some things that are like truly like, Hey, no, you wear your pants like this. No, we stand this way. We do this. We make sure. No, we're just talking about the the straight principles of like, no, this is how we carry ourselves. Yeah. We're young men. This is the way we're going to be. And so, you know, <laughs> it was like, Hey, we'll see you. They waving and laughing and, from that point. And, and, and here's the other part of it. I used to take him home every day. Oh. Uh, Nothing changed. Yeah. Just had a conversation. Hey, yeah. this is the reason why. This is the reason why we left you. And the relationship was great. Yeah. Well, I mean, it makes sense because you you built up that that equity with that person, right? So they know when you do something like that, it's it's not out of spite, it's not out of any kind of maliciousness. It's just like, hey. These are the rules. This is the standard. You didn't meet it. Let's try again tomorrow. So I, no, I think that's huge. Cause I think, I mean, that's where I've in the past, I've heard people, athletes talk about coaches and it, it gets into that weird place where almost, you can't tell if it's a, if it's an athlete who's being sensitive or if it's a coach who's being 
vindictive, right? And it gets into a weird spot. So the fact that your athletes know what you guys expect, and there's just it's there's no there's no gray area, right? It's it's very clear. And if they don't understand it, then they're not really paying attention. And so I think that's I think that's great. I think a lot more coaches and athletes need to hear what you just said because you know, unfortunately, as we know in, in the world of sports, sometimes, you know, people say whatever they want, but sometimes talent can um outweigh character, unfortunately. And and to your point earlier, the main thing that you guys are doing as coaches, yeah, the wins are great, the titles are great, the pennants and the gym are great, but at the end of the day, you're you're building up men and women to be better human beings. You know, if they go on to play at the higher levels, D1 professional sports, great. But one day they're going to be parents. One day they're going to be they're going to have their own career in college, all that stuff. And so, you know, a lesson like that is going to be far more impactful than anything else you could drop on the on the basketball court. Yeah, I agree. No. Yeah. Um, oh, I put my notes up real quick. It went away. Uh, you know, it's interesting. So San Juan um, High School, I remember, you know, at a, however many years ago, they made a point of changing the name to New San Juan, right? On the, on the board. 2008. 2008. And so... Um, I feel like a decision like that is is meant to have an impact on the community around, right? Like you're you're sending a message saying, "Hey, um, we used to do things one way. This is kind of a new era for this school, and we're going to change how things are done." So obviously, I always feel, and I'm sure there's more that went into it, but I always felt like that was a, a message to the community and the surrounding area, saying, "Hey, this is what we're trying to do." Um, and I, one of my favorite things to talk about on this podcast is how athletic programs and coaches and athletes affect affect and impact their communities. Because we've always said, like, you know, you have an athlete wearing the San Juan shorts or the San Juan hoodie or a t-shirt or a hat, whatever, you know, whatever it may be, they people recognize that. And whether an athlete likes it or not, they're gonna associate you with the school because they see how you're acting in the community. So for you as a coach, and and specifically for the for the area of Citrus Heights that you guys are in, how how important is one, your um desire to impact the community? as a sports program. And then two, how, how do you kind of get that across your athletes? Like, Hey, you're, you're the way you move throughout the community is important to the school, but also important to our program. So I'm going to answer it. I'm going to answer it backwards. So the, how we do it as far as getting them to understand the impact, right. And how you are uh, seen within the community. <clears throat> so at one point in time, uh, San Juan and actually way before I got there, uh, San Juan was, pretty gang invested mm -hmm. uh, just to be quite frank <clears throat> and so that's where that 2008 bid came in to do the new san juan and uh they did some things uh culinary there there's there's a lot of great things right like it, it looks really good uh but it was it was infiltrated as far as gang uh uh situations going on at school so I think our biggest thing now, what we're trying to do and how we're trying to get our students to understand is you are not what it used to be at this point in time, right? Like San Juan, there was a time where, and you know, I wasn't here because I'm not from here, but San Juan sports, uh, the school that had over a thousand students, 1500 students, you know, it was the only thing really going on in Citrus Heights. It was really big. And then, you know, took a turn and things happen, um, whether it's controllable or uncontrollable. Um, and then it got this stigma. And so now we're at a, a point where we're trying to teach our student athletes and students in general, like, hey, you're not what it used to be. These things are, are, are done. So when you're out here and you're in public and you got San Juan and you say you go to the school, say it with a little pride, right? People might say, well, this school, I've heard this, I've heard that. That's not what you are. That's not any, that's not it anymore. Um, just trying to get them to, we're, we're, we're raising expectations. I, I'll, I'll say that we're raising expectations. Our, our, uh, GPA situation right now, uh, our district has a, a policy and we've gone away from the policy. And when I say that, we've actually gone better than the policy. The policy is 2.0, you can have an F and you can go on probation. We've done away with that. 2.0, no Fs whatsoever. You can't have Fs at all. So we're trying to get them to understand that we shouldn't expect 
respect and accept mediocrity because that is what people expect from San Juan High School because of the stigma that has been there for so many, you know, so many years. Uh, so we're, we're trying to pivot them in a different direction um, and want them just to be proud of where they're at. So, yeah. Yeah. And no, I think that's, uh, that's, that's huge. And I, and I was, I was at an event just a little while ago and it was a, a again, I'm not gonna mention the school that was involved, but they had a, a similar thing. And a lot of the athletes that were at this event were saying, Hey, around the community, around Sacramento, like we're known for this or we're known for being like this. And it was interesting because it, it was about a hundred student athletes and it, you could tell that it, it, that, um, that reputation bothered them. And to your point, a lot of it had to do with things that didn't even involve those hundred athletes or the current, you know, class of athletes, it was other things, but that reputation carried over. And so, um, and that's something that, you know, I don't know if an athlete necessarily will think about, but I know coaches do where the work you're doing right now and and trying to change that culture and, and shifting the the GPA and, and the standard for all of that, like that's going to have long lasting impact down the road. So, you know, I heard somebody say, uh, you know, a trainer that we had on this podcast a little while ago, he said, I want to plant seeds for trees. I'll never see grow. And I always thought that was cool. Cause it's like, man, I mean, it's a pretty deep thought, but yeah, so many of the things that, you know, you guys are doing now, the way down the road, it's like, oh, this is a, com a complete 180 from where it was because of everything, all the time you guys are investing into raising the standard, raising the culture. So I think that's, yeah, it's incredible. I'm going to add something to that, Josh. So I, yeah, please. I said, because I've, I've, I've heard this all the time about, you know, the planting seeds or whatever, but we're always watering. Yes. Right. So, so uh, I'll, and I'll say this, right. Nanik, uh, there's, you know, other individuals, other, other kids that, you know, I still talk to, uh, I'm still watering. Yeah. So the seeds that I planted, I'm still watering. So you might not necessarily see the full growth yeah. of that seed that you planted, but you're still watering. So you do still see it, you know, the gradual growth, right? So I always put that in. Uh, the, like other, that. the other thing that I wanted to say was when I'm talking about the GPA part, uh, so San Juan, we haven't necessarily, we, we, you know, and I'm transparent. We haven't won a lot, right? Like sure. it's just you know, winning has just not been there. And, 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 and a lot of factors play into that. Right. Uh, so nothing, I'm not disparaging uh, my student athletes whatsoever. Right. So what, what it is that we're being very intentional about when I say we, I'm talking about administration and myself is we got to win at something. So if we can win at academics, if we can get that and we start winning here, maybe that'll transfer over. Again, this is about life because we know once we start doing this here, once you start moving in this way and you start making these things happen, everything else becomes that revolving wheel. And that's what we're trying to teach. That's the main thing. So win at something because right now, yeah, the athletic piece, we're struggling. It's okay. Right. So if we went at this academic piece, now we can get this ball rolling. That's awesome. No, I love that. That's a great, that's a great way of looking at it. Cause I imagine that if you, if you focus so much on the winning on the athletic side, I mean, you're just going to drive yourself crazy because it takes, I mean, that's the funny thing. Some people don't understand how difficult it is to create a program. And especially if you're, if you're, you know, taking a program that maybe has not had a lot of success and you're trying to get to that point, it's not just an overnight thing. Cause like you said, there's, there's so many different factors that go into it and you know, it, it's not easy, but yeah, I like that. You, you've got to win at something. You got to, you have to create that, that winning mentality. And then that starts to spread from there. Right. Yeah. Right. I think that's great. Um, oh man, I, I had a question based off of that, but, oh, um, do you get, do you get, a, I don't know if you feel comfortable answering this. Do you get a lot of pushback when it comes to the GPA thing, how your cause your standards are a little bit higher than than the rest of the district because i mean you know there's i feel like there's always that one parent that's like hey well actually this is what the what the standard is like well actually here it's not here it's a little higher so have you guys got any pushback or is everybody pretty much on board with what you guys are trying to do i haven't got pushback yet but that doesn't mean that it's not coming on the pipeline <laughs> i don't want to speak it into existence <laughs> <laughs> we, we've been good so far uh and, and at the end of the day uh i'm gonna give i'm gonna give my parents uh a lot of kudos 
the parents the parents only want the kids to do well. Yeah. I, I you know what I mean? Like I don't know. <laughs> I don't know any parents that don't. Yeah. That don't want their kids to do well, right? Like I don't, you know, you, there might be an exception to the rule, right? But we're not going to put that in. Sure. Most most parents want their kids to do well. So if we're doing something where we're trying to better their kid as an individual, as a human, as a student, as a student athlete, I'll have to die on that hill. That's the hill I have to die on. Yeah. At the, you, you know what I'm saying? Because sure. I only want the best, right? Uh, I, I know one of your questions, and, 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 and I'll say it now, right? And we can talk about it more when we end this, and it's about legacy, right? Yeah. I thought about this really heavy because um, I don't, you know, I don't know if people know me, whatever. Right. I think at the end of the day, I just want people to know that I've done everything that it is that I could have done for them. That's what I wanted to say on my tombstone. This guy did everything that he could do. So whenever we're talking about GPAs, when we're talking about making sure your pants are up, making sure you talk a certain way. I want people to know like, Hey, you know what? Coach Fred did everything that it is that he could do. That's what I want to leave here. What I want to leave back home. That's what I want to leave. He did everything that he could do. Man. I love that. Yeah. I think that's, uh, Man, we, there's been multiple mic drop moments. I'm, I'm going to tell you that right now. We could have just like ended this podcast at multiple points because, um, I mean, I love everything that you're saying. And like I said, I hope coaches are listening to this because this is, I feel like, like this is the heart of behind what we do is why I podcast is why we've, we've done it for as long as we've done it because we know coaches like yourself and other people that, that have that, that mind and that heart for their athletes. And they want to see, you guys want to see them succeed at a higher level than just sports. And so, um, man you articulating everything that you're saying is is awesome because uh, you're doing it better than i ever could so i appreciate that's why we have these guests on um to to share your insight and knowledge man i appreciate that um i, I did want to ask though kind of going back to the, you know obviously the um and we'll we'll wrap up here in a few minutes i know i told you it'd be about 45 minutes um we may have coach we may have to do a part two i'm enjoying this conversation so if you're down to come back if this wasn't a horrible experience for you i'd love to have you back i'm out my comfort zone but i actually feel very comfortable right now so i appreciate you i was gonna say i i you told me that beforehand and i'm i'm not gonna lie i don't know if i believe you because you this is <laughs> <laughs> i don't hey honestly josh i ain't been on i haven't been on instagram since january i i'm oh man stay laid back man Hey, you know, in some ways, that's probably that's probably a good thing. You're probably not missing out on too much. It's it's wild out there, and so I, I've got to promote this podcast somehow. But I don't necessarily want to be there. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, but so kind of going back to the the culture of San Juan, and I, and this is not just San Juan, but any school. Like I, I, I've heard coaches in the past say sometimes there's a disconnect, and I would hope that most people who are doing the hiring would take this into consideration. But I do feel like sometimes there's a disconnect between a coach wanting to come in and do great things, but not truly understanding the culture of the school. And that's a, there's a, that's a massive problem. Um, because if you don't understand who you're serving, if you don't understand the families that you're serving, if you don't understand the, the personalities, but more importantly, the culture of that school and that community, you, you're not going to connect and it's impossible. And that goes for, that goes for, I've always said that about my, like I said, my wife's a teacher, so all respect to teachers. But I also feel like there's certain places that certain p- teachers should not teach. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like there's certain personalities that like, you should not go there because you're not built for it. You're, you're an awesome teacher, just not there. Same with coaching. And I think you have some coaches that are like, I can change this situation. It's like, I don't think you can because you don't have the right mentality. So am I, am I off there or do you feel like there, have you guys experienced that? Because I feel like for me, seeing it from the outside, it's like, this is a huge problem. And then that coach bails because they get frustrated. It's like, well, because you didn't understand what you were doing. You knew the X's and O's, but you didn't know people. So can you speak to that a little bit? Josh, I can't speak to anything, man. You, you said it. I mean, I'm all right, there we go. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and 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 I'll leave it there because I don't want to oust. Sure. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? I'm saying no, I feel you, yeah. But you are yeah, man. Nah. <laughs> yeah, you're 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 spot on. Uh I I, I think that's I think that's a lot of places. 
right? Yeah. Not just in the schools, right? We we can speak about that. We can speak about that in policing, right? Like if sure. you're not a part of the community there, you don't know what's going on, so you can't speak to certain people. Yeah, you, you understand what I'm saying? So yeah, you're you're on the you're on the right track with what you said, Josh. So nah, there's there's nothing more to actually put in there. So no, you're you're nail on. Well, and that's funny because a lot of this this perspective for me it was actually about from a podcast, and they it was they were actually talking about that the the policing side of things and how there's a very big difference between having a police officer that's from the community that doesn't just see a a woman over here or a man over here. It's like oh, that woman was actually my second grade teacher when I was a, a kid, and that guy is the post the postman that you know served our neighborhood. Very different thing. It's a whole different conversation, but. Um, that's kind of what sparked this idea in my head in the first place with coaches and athletes is like, you know, I think if we're honest too, if we're real about it, we see the movies, we see certain movies where, you know, a coach comes in, who's not from that culture, not from that community. And there's this, you know, really in an hour and a half movie, they kind of learn about the culture and then all of a sudden they have this massive impact. In reality, I think it takes a lot longer than that. Um, and it, it doesn't always work out that well, but it's just an interesting thing and i and I, I feel like a greater impact would be had if there was more focus on that you know obviously it's great that people have a, they, I think their hearts in the right place they want to do good but you know you know we could talk about that forever but um uh before i forget i, I see your shirt it says winners never quit and one of my questions was I, I always love asking coaches this i like asking athletes this but coaches too if i if i took a poll of all of your athletes over the years would they and I said, Hey, what was, what's coach Fred's like infamous saying? What does he say all the time? What's he known for saying? What's his phrase? Would, would I, would I get a specific phrase you think, or would it, would it kind of be all over the board? It, it'd be all over the board. Okay. Uh, <laughs> some, some of it we can't say on air. Sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I like that. But, but if we, but if we, if we boil it down, right. STO, uh, sees the opportunity, um, the there's a there's there's one I'm drawing a blank on. Uh, we had the t-shirts for um, oh the best of me for better us. Ooh, was, I like that. The best of me for better us. Um, <clears throat> and then what <laughs> what I'm living by now, right? Uh, I'm doing life coaching. Uh, is MOB. MOB um, in the rap world, in the hip hop world, was famous by Tupac and it was money over. And we won't get into the expletive of what that word was. I think we can put it together, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I've, I've, I've gone in and said mindset over bull ish, right? Nice. Um, yeah, it, it'd be all over the board. Like I said, there, there's been some times, there's been a crew. Uh, especially my my Encina kids, where uh, we had one, and yeah, we we can't pronounce it right now, but uh, it it wasn't bad. It wasn't that sure. Yeah, yeah. Just, you know, uh, I I want the kids to know that you know I'm not I'm not all all bad and wild and crazy, but yeah. <laughs> we had, we had a go to. We had a go to. I like that. I like that. Well, let me G ask you this: this was not GTA was the acronym. I'll just say that GTA. Okay. <laughs> Hey, you guys, if we have any, uh, you know, anybody wants to do some investigating, figure it out. Let us, let us know what you think it is. <laughs> so, well, Hey, you mentioned, I didn't, I didn't send you this question, but you mentioned, uh, I got two more questions for you. These are just fun, easy questions. Um, you mentioned Tupac. So I'm assuming you're a hip hop fan. Uh, back in the day when you were a player, what was, what was the, what was that hype song? What was the song that you would play before a game? And the one that you had to have in the rotation. Mm, mm, mm. that's a great question great great question i feel bad asking that because that's that that's a that's like picking your favorite kid i'm sure yeah man i mean so we, we're talking about when we had the walkmans and the soft, <laughs> sure. soft tip the headphones yeah. you know I mean? like and the walkman might skip uh <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh yeah. you know what i was a i was a fan and i'm from the south so sure. i was a fan of eight ball and mjg nice uh, I was a fan of uh, uh, Master P, uh, in which you know I, I used to play ball with Silt the Shocker and really 
It's locked up, see murder. You know, so you know, it was it was a community in Louisiana. You That's know? pretty cool. Yeah, um, yeah, it was it was just some down south, you know, bounce yeah. if you're just kind of ready. So yeah, that was my go-to. I like it. Nice. Yeah. All right, man. Last question for you. Just again, a fun one. Who is uh if we're talking about basketball specifically, which we didn't even really touch on that. I was more so focused on the basketball, I didn't even I really looked towards the track side, but uh who's your favorite basketball player growing up? all time and then who's your who's your favorite guy now i don't have a favorite now uh i enjoy really the game. I enjoy the game i just i enjoy the game uh and quite honestly i don't even watch it like i used to uh growing up magic johnson uh you know like the lakers you know it's just always going to be always going to be the thing i just i love i love the showtime just sure. Game the way that it was paced, um, because I was a fan of uh, Southern University, which is a HBCU. The coach at that time was Ben Job. Ben Job, uh, when when I used to go to his camps, he said if we're if we're not shooting in eight seconds or less, it's a turnover. So mm. as a player, I'm like, oh yeah, I want to get this thing up. You know sure. what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, so the Showtime was really big for me. Um, as I grew a little older, of course, Allen Iverson, uh, and then really where I ended up on was Ray Allen. I just loved, uh, I loved the, the the poetic justice of his jumper, yeah. uh, his demeanor. Uh, didn't get too high, didn't get too low, uh, and then once once he was done, you know, I, I just I just watched the game. Ray Allen was probably the last one for me. Okay. Did you have you ever heard that story that I've I've heard Denzel tell a story about uh, he got game where they they play one on one and uh, I think I think he scored on him yeah for the and he wasn't expecting it it was kind of like he got, he got one on him and then after that I was like no <laughs> it's not gonna happen again <laughs> time to hang it up yeah <laughs> <laughs> I heard him so tell that on a podcast recently that was pretty funny um, no I love that man hey. This has been an awesome conversation, Coach. And uh, like I said, and I'm not joking. I would, I would uh, love to have a part two at some point down the road, um, because I feel like you know I sent you a bunch of questions, and I, I feel like I just didn't get to like half of them. But that's 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 a sign of a good conversation on this podcast. Is it just naturally went some different directions? So uh, I appreciate you taking some time to talk with us and and share everything that you did. Um, can can the listeners follow you guys anywhere um on social media i know you've been off of it for a while but the team you guys have a team page or anything like that uh team wise uh <laughs> we're, we're 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 barely barely scratching through um okay. we're, we're some things happen uh i have my uh life coaching page which is a uh, grateful life but that's gr the number eight f-u-l-l-i-f-e dot org uh, subscribe to that. You can get daily, uh, daily motivation, uh, working on things like that. I, I am on Twitter, um, publish, um, author. So, you know, just putting a little few things out there again, I just want to make sure everybody knows I'm doing everything that I can to help any and everybody that I may touch. I love it. And I, and you were kind enough uh, last night to send me a link to the, the medium um article one of them and it, it's great stuff i was reading it before we we hopped on here and so i would definitely recommend you guys check that out as well so check out everything that coach fred is doing um and, and just keep up with them because like you said you're doing some awesome doing awesome things and you're giving everything you have so let's let's make it worth it for him and and support what he's doing so coach man i appreciate you and uh yeah we'll talk to you talk to you soon and good luck with everything thank you i appreciate you absolutely